Hello, my name is Pastor Greg Wolf. Welcome to the Jordan Assembly of God Church Sunday Service Podcast. The series that we are doing is titled Life in Christ. It is currently going through the book of Galatians. If you would like to listen to past podcasts, please go to agjordanmt.com and follow the links. Or you may also search for Jordan AG on Spotify, Google Podcast, or Podbean. I'm glad you are here, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. Now, without further introduction, life in Christ. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I wanted to open up this morning by reading a couple scripture verses that was kind of laid on my heart as I was going through this, and something that we will come back to, found in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and in verses 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let us pray. Lord God, we just want to thank you for this day. We want to thank you for this time. I pray, Lord God, that as we go through this, I pray, Lord God, that we may honor you, and I pray that our hearts and minds will be open to you. I pray, Lord God, that you be glorified in all things. In your name I pray, amen, amen. So we are in the life of life, or life in Christ, part four. We're looking at confrontation. And before we get into this, we're going to have a little quick note here. Last Sunday, and there, there was a couple people that came up to me and talked to me about it, which I appreciate. Um, we talked about a primary particle and a sentence. And so if you were confused, I really hope that in that confusion that you opened up the scripture, that you looked into it, that you studied it, that you got into it, because that was kind of the point uh, of what I was trying to make. I was trying to, to put something out there, because if you studied and were interested in it, you would find that the Greek word keta or kata which was interpreted in the King James Version and in the New King James Version as privately, um, that you will not find the definition of that word to mean privately. However, if you look at the way that word is used, it is to denote opposition. And when you compare it to the book of Acts, which was what he was talking about, it, um, he did do it privately, but also there was a need to make sure that there was a, a, a communication of opposition. And my point last Sunday was that the Galatians would not have read the book of Acts. They would not have known that there was an opposition in that time. And so using the Greek word keta would have communicated to them that it wasn't just a discussion, there was an actual opposition, which was kind of what he was trying to get at. He was trying to, under, he was trying to get them to understand that what they were being taught, this new gospel or this, this, this different gospel that they were being taught was what caused an opposition. So... Um, so I kind of put it under like, if, if you're interested in into a deep dive into the scriptures or deep delve into the scriptures, this one is definitely worth 
a look into because it definitely was very cool in that way. And that was the whole point. And, and if it was like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine, Greg, I'm, you know, and, and that's fine too. Totally fine. Um, but here, let's do a, a really a quick summary of what we have been going through. Paul greeted with the foundation of the salvation message, which was grace, peace, and the redemption price, what, what Jesus did um, for us. And the point of this letter, why are you following another gospel? It's a whole point. What does he say? I marvel that you have so quickly gone to something different. Also, the next, the apocalypse, which remember, does not mean destruction. The apocalypse, which means the mystery revealed, is Jesus Christ. That is the true gospel. Where, where is our faith found? Where is, our, where is everything found? It's found through Jesus. So the message of the law, specifically circumcision, is unto bondage. This law nobody was able to bear per Acts 15, 1 through 21. So the ultimate decision was made to not require any more than the following. And this is verses 19 and 20 of Acts chapter 15. Abstain from things polluted by idols, sexual immorality, things strangled, and from blood. That was, that was pretty much it. And you may be wondering, okay, things strangled, why was that a big thing? Because there was a big thing with strangling something, keeping the blood in, shaking it up, and just having the blood stay inside, and then you would eat it. Not, not good. So, and that was kind of a delicacy back in the time. But even after these, we can go to the next one. Even after these, or even after this, there was still an issue. And this issue actually involved Peter. And so in Galatians chapter 2, looking at verses 11 through 13, Paul starts to recount a situation that happened between Peter and himself. So in Galatians chapter 2, starting in verse 11. Now when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. So why is Paul bringing in a confrontation between him and Peter, or Peter and him? First, context. Look at what we just reviewed. What is the letter about? Why are you following a different gospel? Why are you going to this different deal? So, second, the gospel is not from man. It's not Peter's gospel that we follow. We don't follow the gospel of Paul. We don't follow the gospel of these other things. We follow the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the gospel is not from man, but from God. Third, who did this confrontation involve? It involved Peter and other Jews in leadership of the Messianic church at that time because in verse 13, And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him, notice the wording there, so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. Okay, so he's really nailing them on this whole entire thing of, listen, what's going on? 
And the reason why, you know, because right now, this is the very subject matter. This is the other gospel that people are talking to the Galatians, and he's trying to prove a point, and the only reason why. You will not notice that he brings up this confrontation in other passages. He brings up this confrontation right here, because that is exactly what they're dealing with. So what did this prove? One, this is an issue, and just and just because this was a problem does not mean that we follow it. We don't follow the fact that there was a problem, like this group thinks this way and this group believes a different way, i.e. religions that took what the, there are, there are religions that literally from this time period in AD 69, AD 70, actually took the religions, the the things that the Jews had done in the past, the things that God was upset with them about, looked at it and be, simply because they were Jewish and they did it, they said, well, that must be godly. And they started actually forming their own religions based on the wrong things that the Jews did rather than you know, on following after God. And, and this actually happened. And it's something that is... is um, yeah, you have to be very, very specific on, on those things when it comes to following people. We need to be following after God. What is, what is Paul very much? You need to be following after God. We're not following after man. Man's opinions are, they're all out there. And so in 14 through 21, and still in Galatians, but when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, if you, being a Jew, live in the manner of Gentiles and not as the Jews, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified. See, even us as Jews still need to have a belief in Jesus as the Christ. That we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law no flesh shall be justified. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners. Is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. Verse 18. For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I, through the law, died to the law that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do, not, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. Okay. Paul is definitely indicating in the fact that just because you are a Jew, you still have the faith in Christ Jesus. Just because you have this, it doesn't mean that you automatically do that. So how is it that following the law is actually going to get you to where you need to go? And so Paul indicates that there are certain responsibilities for the Jews and there's certain responsibilities for the Gentiles. So... This is what's going to be very interesting. Believing in salvation through Jesus is not Jewish. 
don't hate me yet. (laughs) Salvation is of the Jews. We know that through scripture. But it is not Jewish. It is by God. Okay? It is by God. Let me go into this. Romans 11, 11 through 27. Keep your hand in Galatians, please, if you would. Just so that uh, we're going to be referencing some, some aspects of that. But Romans 11, 11 through 27. I say then, this is Romans 11, starting in verse 11. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? Certainly not. But through their fall, talking about the Jewish people, but through their fall to provoke them to jealousy, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Now if their, if their fall is riches for the world and their failure riches for the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? For I speak to you Gentiles inasmuch as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry. If by any means I may provoke to jealousy those who are my flesh and save some of them. For if their being cast away is the reconciling of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches were broken off, and you being a wild olive tree, talking about us Gentiles, and you being a wild olive tree were grafted in among them, And with them became a partaker of the root and fatness of the olive tree. Do not boast against the branches. But if you do boast, remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. Who's the root? That would be God. God is the root. You will say then, branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well said. Because of unbelief they were broken off and you stand by faith. Do not be haughty, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches... He may not spare you either. Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fell. Severity, but toward you, goodness. If you continue in his goodness, otherwise you also will be cut off. And they also, if they do not continue in unbelief, will be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. For if you were cut out of the olive tree which is wild by nature and were grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these who are natural branches be grafted into their own olive tree? For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion that blindness in part has happened, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. Now, We are among, which means we are a part of the body of Christ, which means those who believe in Christ have access to God. How do we get to God? The only way through God is belief in Jesus, right? There's only one way, okay? So we are part, we are among those believers, both Jew and Gentile, both Greek and Roman and any other race. Salvation is not by race. Salvation is by God for all people. Okay? So, the Hebrew people chosen by God, the natural branches. We are Gentiles, we're the wild. Who's the root? God. Wild branches grafted in. The among, grafted among, means a placement where it's placed. 
It's the Greek word literally even. The natural branches. Does not mean, does not mean that the Jewish people, the Hebrew people, are not chosen of God. They are very much chosen of God. They are very much, I mean, we are a, we're among them. But we're not in them. We are not grafted into the 12 tribes. I don't, I don't get grafted in and I don't all of a sudden become a part of a tribe. Okay, that's the physical. That's the physical realm. The spiritual realm comes through God. And then also the warning to us as Gentiles, continue in his goodness so that we may not get the same fate. And Paul further drives home this point back in Galatians, chapter 2, hopefully you've kept your, your finger on that, in verse 14 of chapter 2, but when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, if you, listen to this, being a Jew, live in the manner of Gentiles. He was looking at Peter, who is Jewish, living in the manner of Gentiles. What does that mean? Because he was living based on the salvation. Peter was living in the relationship with Jesus. Forgiveness, not by sacrifice, but by Jesus' blood. Salvation, not by works of the law, but by faith in Christ. Why is this living as a Gentile's? Because it isn't Jewish nor Gentile. It is salvation. Through the Messiah that came and accomplished the law. The law unto righteousness. Not just for Jews, but for all people. So, why are we grafted among? I will tell you why we are grafted among. Because the very verse that I first started this out, does anybody remember that verse that I actually started out this whole deal of? In 2 Timothy, chapter 2. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. What scripture was he talking about? He was talking about the Torah. He was talking about the what we would call the Old Testament because that was the only, at that point in time, the only writing at this, at this point. Who would know how to read the Old Testament? Jewish believers. We working together we learning from one another. We following after because we are not Jew or Gentile. We're not Greek. We're not anybody. We are followers of Christ. And because we're being followers of Christ, each person has little different aspects. Have you ever gone to a person and they're really good with one thing and you're really not good with that thing? That's the whole entire point. That we together make up the body of Christ. That we together work together. Paul's whole foundation of this letter was that God is the giver of salvation through Christ Jesus. And through Christ Jesus, we are adopted into the vine. Not to be Jewish, but to be followers of Christ Jesus. In John chapter 12, 44 through 50. Then Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And he who sees me, sees him who sent me. I have come as a light into the world, that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. 
For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak, and I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. And John 15, 1 through 8. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing." If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them through them and through them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. But this my father is, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. So we are not, we're, we are abiding, we're a part of the vine, we are a part of Jesus. So Paul was saying to Peter, you live this way, why are you pointing Gentiles to live as Jews? Why are you pointing, why are you putting on requirements that was discussed for us literally to not put on? Why are you allowing that? And in verse 21, if you, by so doing, you set aside grace and this is, once again, Galatians chapter 2. You set aside grace, verse 21. You set aside grace, for this comes by Jesus the Christ, not the law. The law is bondage. And this confrontation was brought out so that the behind-the-scenes issues to break the illusion that any person, leader, or whatever, that they are not higher than God. God is the giver, God is the only one, and if you believe in Jesus Christ, you believe in God who sent him. This is not of man, this is not to become like another person, this is not to follow a specific religion, this is to follow Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, and so doing, abiding in him. The point, do not follow any other gospel. The gospel is Christ and him crucified. We are part of the body of Christ, all of us, neither Jew nor Greek nor Gentile, everybody is a part of the body of Christ who believes in Jesus. And the whole entire goal is not to serve up a religion or to serve up an opinion based on something. It is to serve up Jesus Christ because he is the one who saves. He's the one that has the hope because that's the hope of salvation. When I go before God, it's not going to be my religion that saves me. It's going to be my faith in Jesus Christ. So to, to a people that, that knew the truth, but then somebody came in and sprinkled something that sounded logical to them. It made sense to them. But just because it makes sense logically doesn't make it right. Because there's only one truth. There's only one way. And that's Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. We are believers and followers of Jesus Christ. And being believers and followers of Jesus Christ means that we're not about a religion, but we are about a relationship. And that relationship changes us. That relationship you can share. If you're worried about sharing a religion, I would be worried too. 
But you can share your relationship with God through Jesus any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Literally, three times on Sunday if you want. I don't mind. It's quite all right. Sharing your relationship with God through Jesus is the most important thing that you can do. Because why? All you're doing is giving a person saying, listen, if you want to know, I can share what my relationship with God through Jesus is like. And then live. Because who's the light? It's Jesus in us. It's Jesus in us. It is not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And that's the whole entire point in, the, in this deal. It is not one religion or another religion. It is Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord God, I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for this time. I pray, Lord God, that we may pursue you. I pray, Lord God, that we may follow after you. I pray, Lord God, that we may have a heart's desire for you, Lord God. And that we may have a relationship with you that will shine a light into dark areas and that many will come to know you. I pray for this area. I pray for this county. I pray for those that are watching or listening later on, Lord God, listening right now or listening later on. And I pray, Lord God, that many will come to know you. And I pray, Lord God, that they may have that relationship, that they may sever that whole thing with worrying about what type of religion or what type of thing is going on, but that they may find a relationship with you through Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. And have that relationship that can be shared around the world. The gospel message. I thank you, Lord God, for who you are and what you do. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen.